Hey guys, welcome back to the Plot of Confusion. I am your host, Derek, and today we're going to be discussing Bigfoot, the Sasquatch, the Yeti, the Yowie, the Hairy Man, the Wooly Booger, whatever you in your area calls the Sasquatch, the man that's tall with hair from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet all over. We're going to talk about has Bigfoot, is there any way that if Bigfoot exists, has he been seen or discussed or talked about in the ancient past? And if so, could there be a tie to maybe something that uh, happened in the ancient past that created this being? Now, we all have probably seen the Bigfoot, uh, the 1967 uh, Roger, uh, Roger Patterson and Robert uh, Gibson spotted and filmed so that they claimed that the Sasquatch was next to the Bluff Creek of California. Some people try to say that this thing's a hoax. I have always said, if it is, it's a darn good one. And if you're going to make a suit, that at the time, that the best suits that were being made is the Planet of the Apes. And you see this being this creature, and you can see in the film that it's a female. So the question has always been through uh, the cryptologist is, does this creature exist? And has it, and my theory is, is that this thing has been around for a long time. I, I do uh, go into the Nephilim theory, where you have in the, uh, the book of Genesis, you have an event that takes place where it says that, and it came to pass... When men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God, the sons ben Elohim, saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord Yah said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. And there were giants, the Nephilim in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons the ben elohim came in unto their daughters of men and they bare children of them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown so you have an event that takes place that um there's this this foreign aliens if you will has come into our world and they caught, they they mated with our women, and in doing so, they created a being, a creature, that was completely new. And when you you take a look at Bigfoot, Sasquatch, he's a giant by the definition of how big he is. It's a giant. So I've always sat there and said, okay, well, if this incursion took place, does that mean that that Sasquatch could be uh, the offsprings of a third or fourth or fifth generation of the Nephilim, the giants of old. The other thing that uh, makes me go to look at that is there's a, a scripture that did. It, it puzzled me for a long time, and it was dealing with Esau and Jacob. And when you start looking at and if you look at the Bible in itself, you start to realize the Bible is very much about genetics from from the first 
uh, part of Genesis to the last part of Revelation, it is depicting that uh, genetics and that you know you're not supposed to crossbreed with this, you're not supposed to be with this, you're not supposed to mix your seed and all this stuff. So when you're having the flood take place and you know that you had Noah got on the boat. You know that he was pure in his generations, didn't make him that he was a a, uh, a righteous man, because you see that he gets drunk and uh, son sees this nakedness uh, shortly after the flood uh, recedes. And then you're seeing, you know, he's just essentially is saying that he is the last pure human, him, his wife, and his, two, his, his three sons. And then he lets his sons have wives, which I think were not completely pure they had some of the dna of the fallen still in them and i believe we have an evidence of that when it comes to again in the book of genesis chapter 25 when you have where god loves jacob but he hates esau and here you go it says and there were the generations of isaac abraham's son abraham begat isaac and isaac was 40 years old when he took rebecca so you're having right here automatically um you're having uh again dealing with genetics uh goes on down and says you know the children struggle together within her and she said if it be so why am i am i thus she went to inquire to the lord yah and the lord said unto her two nations are in thy womb and two manner, manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elders shall serve the younger. And you have that uh, goes on down and it says, And they were twins, and the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau, and after that, came his brother out of his hand, took hold of Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when he bare them, so he was sixty years old. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field. Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat his visions, and Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sowed uh, a pottage, and Esau came from the field and was faint. He sells his birthright there, but you're seeing right here that God says he loves es he loves Jacob, but he hates Esau. And I've always sat there going, okay, this very in-depth here that it says that he was hairy all over. I mean, this, that's, in it, in it puts that out there as if the, the the reader should know that, wait a second, that's a bad thing. That means that that's something that is um, genetically not pure. And I think that's probably where we're starting to see that, you know, eventually over time, those things start to, uh, did, you know, weed themselves out of the DNA, but right here it shows that he loved and he hated Esau. So the thing was is that I was always like, well, 
it's very it's very intricate that it's talking about him being red all over. And when you get some of the depictions of Bigfoot and some of the things that people talk about with Bigfoot, you have um, that some of them are red. Some of them have uh, dark black. Uh, the other thing that I look at, too, is another ancient text is the uh, Gilgamesh, the Epic of Gilgamesh. Uh, and a Bigfoot breeding. Ever since they started paying attention to Bigfoot community and seen debates and discussions over the topics of even of the Epic of Gilgamesh, where you have uh, Gilgamesh is uh, two-thirds God, one-third man. Uh, you see the Enkidu is a friend of his. He's a man of the wild. He's hairy all over. He's... Um, he gets tamed whenever a woman. It goes really into detail how he becomes tame. But you see that he becomes tame and that the creatures no longer, he's no longer allowed to, he's no longer able to run with the animals because he is now being pretty much around common man, humans. And we kind of have our scent rubbed off on him, but he's one of Gilgamesh's best friends. To the point when he dies, um, he Gilgamesh goes on the thing to find the answer to life and death. But it deals with this hairy man that that this hairy man came out of the wilderness. And when you see Jacob is a man that's learned. It says that he's a man of tents. He's a man that reads. Is educated. He's He's not someone that goes out in the field. And Esau goes out in the field. He runs and he hunts and he does everything outside in the the field. And I've always sat there and go, well, is this these two ancient texts telling us that Bigfoot has always been around? Or that the genetics of Bigfoot has been around since the events that took place, in my opinion, from Genesis chapter 6, which has also been coined uh, the Genesis 6 experiment. Now, when you go and start looking at things in terms of Bigfoot, uh, you have Bigfoot is considered a, uh, a mystical being, saying to be related to the legendary. Uh, it is highly dangerous, so more uh, so than its relative. Bigfoot, supposed to, you know... Uh, uh, supposed to feed on humans, toys, and um, underly uses. So the, the question is, is that does he eat humans? And then you get into this other part where you start looking at the 411 uh, missings. I don't know if you've read the books or looked at the books and started doing the research from that. Uh, I had a younger brother that um, disappeared in a... Uh, national forest and um, you know he what he describes he's with his buds as they're camping he he goes off for a bit and you know everything's not the way it was it kind of got disoriented got kind of confused and you know he says you know it's very easy to be disoriented but could you imagine that happening to you and you have a creature that is supposed to not exist comes out and when it comes out of the woods that's going to cause you to be terrified and could the fact be 
that maybe certain Sasquatches do kidnap and have humans because they are giants, no less. Um, you go into this whole thing where Gilgamesh and the Sasquatch, you go to the Patterson film of 1967, you take a look at the, the stuff that's the evidence and say, well, you know, uh, well, we should have had, found a body. We should have found something. But we are finding footprints. I mean, this is something I tell people all the time. I mean, we, we are finding fr- footprints. And the interesting thing is that you could uh, be in a court of law, and if you have two witnesses that are attesting to that you have done something, the courts will listen to the two witnesses and have their accountability tested. And if they pa- their accountability passes... They're going to take their evidence over your evidence because there's there's two in agreement and you're just by yourself. So when you have so many people coming out and saying that they're seeing this creature and that it is it's out there and you know the scientific community is like, uh, I don't know, we haven't found a body. But we, we find new creatures and and and, and things almost nearly every day now and I look at this and say you know is the Bigfoot evidence from just and just looking at the Washington State a tooth and a bite marks has been one of the things that were found at Mount St. Helens and this was in Washington State in 2013-2014 uh, along with one of the former college students I they uh, had gone out there uh, was doing research about Mount St. Helens, came across a rib, a prey bone of an elk, a deer rib, and was showing that it was being chewed upon and had teeth marks on it. So we're having this evidence that's popping up everywhere. You got the hair that comes back and people are like, I don't know, you know, scientifically we can't, we don't know what the species is. And you know, you have... All this stuff, and I tell people this too, you have also the oral traditions that's passed down from um, one Native American uh, tribe to another Native American tribe, and they all see the Sasquatch, the Bigfoot, in a different way, some of them. But I, I look at it saying, okay, if there's this common thread of this creature existing, and it is constantly uh, being depicted in ancient texts and talked about constantly, that there's got to be something about it. And for me, the evidence is clearly in our faces by just the eyewitnesses, just by the eyewitnesses alone. And then when you start looking in the other ancient texts, you have like in the Mahabharata where you have a being, a god, that is like a monkey monkey you have the the monkey king and you have you know you start seeing this thread going through all these different cultures and you're going wait a second why is everybody depicting the same thing and even uh you know in the bible it gives us a little bit of a nod to it with esau and i sit here saying you know people talk about the paranormal side of bigfoot but let's say bigfoot is the offspring of aliens, off you know, uh, fallen angels, if you want, and 
you know that those beings have abilities to cloak themselves and stuff. You see it throughout all these ancient uh, stories about angels and the gods. And you take a look and you see that they have these different powers. Why wouldn't those be passed down to their children? To their grandchildren, to their great-grandchildren, to their offspring of all kinds. And if that's the case, could that explain some of the supernatural things that the Bigfoot Sasquatch is able to do is because of the fact that he is not of fully of this world. And that not only is he not of this world, but the the thing is shows that he has his DNA is wrapped with mystery. And that's something we see all the time. I mean, you take a look at the Paracas skulls and you see the elongated skulls and you really take a look at how big they are and they're massive. They're absolutely massive. And you see that and you're like, whoa, that is, that is you know, just crazy how big they are. And then you take a look at the depiction of some of the Sasquatch with the, you know, elongated skull, the, 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 the cone. I mean, could we be looking at a skeleton head of a giant, which we would call Sasquatch or Bigfoot? Something that came out just recently was, well... Uh, dealing with uh, some images that came out when I was talking to you about. Uh, you have an ape-like figure was seen squatting in an undergrowth in a dense forest in Georgia, USA. Uh, best footage I've seen in a while. Uh, it was I understand the shakiness. I would have been pooping in my pants, he goes on to say. Does a Sasquatch crap in the woods? Someone else added, and you're seeing that now every state, every state is having, um, you know, eyewitnesses of Bigfoot, the Yeti. And here's something else I want to put there with you, too, is that a lot of these sightings, if you really pay attention to the National Forest and where they are, you pay close attention to the not only the National Forest, but you also... Take a look at caves and cave dwellings. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're are all connected. And you can clearly see them being connected to Sasquatch, Bigfoot, being in those areas. And let's say he, that, that, that he does hide out in the caves. Well, you know, say we can't find his bones. Well, I mean, if he lives in the caves, could he not bury his dead in the caves? I mean, we do see evidence that shows that these things are highly intelligent. They're not just some little dumb monkey running around out in the woods. I mean, they got intelligence, and they know how to interact. There's even some debate about them having their own language. And then you take a look at stories that come out of the giant in Afghanistan. And how big he was, and how red-haired he was, and so when you're seeing that, this same traits are mentioned: height, color, hair, and you're seeing that these traits are all the same. 
you can't just ignore it any longer. You have to go, okay, something here, something's here. Something is very bizarre. Something is 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 really kind of uh, otherworldly, so to speak. You, you, you know, and with every part of the world has legends, you know, whether they're about elves or jinn or green-suited little bearded men uh, perched on the end of a rainbow, the United States and Canada are local mythology figures uh, which deals with the behemoth, the hairy primate that goes by the strange name Bigfoot. And when the big old ape isn't tromping around in the woods, he is uh, the size of 30-something feet. He's getting his picture snout by photographers, having a uh, language secretly recorded, and sharing a beef jerky on some of the commercials. I mean, he's, 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 he's really everywhere. Uh, in our, in our, even in our pop culture. But as long as human beings have looked to the forest of shadows, they have um, spectacularly been able to, whether Bigfoot is out there, whether these creatures are real or not, people have been telling stories about Bigfoot encounters for centuries across many cultures, religions, and parts where even the most uh, vervent disbeliever has to at least raise an eyebrow. Either way, Bigfoot is one of North America's greatest icons, and you have stories and people sharing their true stories of their encounters. And you find these paintings or these artworks that are left behind it that pick Bigfoot. And... You, ha you can't just sit there and just ignore it. You can't sit there and say, oh, it's just fantasy. It's just a make-believe. You know, everything comes from a grain of truth. Everything comes to legends. Uh, there's a reason why legends are told over and over is that they're not only to give you a, uh, a life lesson, but they're also to protect you from yourself or from those things. Now, if Bigfoot is real, he, uh, he doesn't... Uh, just, just he does. He's just not. If he is real, he's not just here in the United States. Um, one of the most fascinating parts about Bigfoot mythology is the fact that a tall, hairy man-like figure plays a key role in mythology and numbers of North American in the uh, Native American peoples, according to native languages. For example, the Sioux uh, believe a powerful, um, burly figure. They call the Chaliteka, the big elder brother. Uh, and then you have tales of the hairy man that goes down to even Mexico, up to Canada. So it's all over the Americans, and it goes even lower. And people in our society don't realize that you have explorers that was coming over here to colonize uh, the Americans, and in one case, Europeans from the 1600s experienced their own uh, alleged Bigfoot encounter. Matter of fact, a lot of people don't realize this, but one of the things they used to tell is that you don't go out into the woods because they would tell you the devil was there. The devil's in the woods. Satan is in the woods. And that was a warning to keep kids and people from venturing out too far because of 
Bigfoot. And this is something that's been just glossed over and ignored by academia because they're like, eh, you know, it's they're saying it's the devil, it's myth- mythological, it's not real. But they're they're telling people this because you know Europeans experienced their own Bigfoot encounters. Though the colonizers uh, colonizers found the creature a lot scarier than the native people usually did. One of the more uh, popular historical writings about the cryptologists is from the 1604 passage from French navigator Samuel de Champlain, who obviously describes a frightful monster which the savage is called the Gugu. Uh, through Champlain said the Gugu was enormous, uh, was a beast devouring human beings and made horrible noises. He describes the vague uh, enough that reading it today, the Gugu could have been anything from a Bigfoot to a swamp monster. Champlain decides that the Gugu has an unholy devil in some sort uh, because, well, that's what Europeans said about these wild phenomenon back then. It was a, it was the devil. It was the devil. And there's there's you you take a look at these 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 stories and these things that have been told. If this is something that's being mentioned in the ancient ta- past, then you have this thing that's taking place that says you can't ignore it. You can't ignore it. You have to sit there and look at the evidence and say, if this is the same thing that's being talked about, even from the earlier settlers, that they didn't have any idea about the ape man coming from Europe. None. But yet, that's how they're describing it when they come here to the American Americas. You also have, uh, as the New World was increasingly colonized, reports of encounters with more, um, you know, distinctly Bigfoot creatures continue tracking in. You have an account that happens in the 1811, according to even Rolling Stones, talked about this, was hiking through the Rockies when he stumbled upon some seriously massive footprints, you know, in 18. On June of 1884, you have a British Columbia newspaper talks about this, these giant footprints and this creature being seen. You have in 1924, a Bigfoot attacks uh, in Ape Canyon. Why in the world would they call it Ape Canyon? Let that sink in for a second because we don't really have primates here. Okay? But yet in Ape Canyon, according to the slate, the warm summer night on July 1924, a group of five miners decided to call it a night in their little homemade cabin. Perched up uh, up in with the so-called Ape Canyon, a narrow forge found in the hike of Mount St. Helens in Washington. Alleged as the miners tried to get some sleep, a group of crazy hairy ape men came screaming out of the hills and started launching heavy stones at their cabin. And the creatures continued to roll on the cabin all night, at one point even reaching inside. Thought a 
great gaping hole in the wall and attempt to steal an axe. And the whole thing sounded like real life Evil Dead. The Bigfoot Encounter. The Bigfoot Encounter. Finally, the assault died down at daybreak, and the miners reemerged from the cabin. One miner, Fred Beck, reported that he saw an eight-man standing in the distance as he shot the creature, seeing it tumbling down into the rocks. Years later, Beck went on to propose that the hostile animals he encountered were ghastly, ghostly beings from another reality, because... There's things that happens with Bigfoot and uh, with Sasquatch that becomes supernatural. And I say that if you have stories that are talking about these, these things being supernatural, and our ancient past is telling us in the book of Gilgamesh, and I think even in the Bible itself, talking about this encounter with the fallen angels, copulating with the daughters of men, creating these giants. And the real sense of what they are is giants. And in doing so, there has been two nations, like it says, Jacob and Esau. You will have these two nations. The ones under Esau, which is the hairy man, the red-haired man, who is of... The, the, the fields and, and hunts, and you have the less hairy man that is of education and lives in tents and doesn't dwell in nature. These are things that you, you, you take a look at it and you have to go, hmm, have we, has Bigfoot Sasquatch been staring in our face through ancient texts to Modern tells that this creature exists, it's been existing, and I'm going to leave you with this. I think our government knows that they exist, and not only does, do they know that they exist, but I believe they're also hiding them, which for me gives even more credence to the fact that they could be the offspring of the fallen ones. As always, guys, please pay attention to your shrines. You never know what lies in the corner. Please check out my YouTube channel also, which is under the same name as this. And also, I'll catch you on the next one. Y'all take care. God bless.